Jake Huber, Ben Mankiewicz, David Schuster with you guys. Old School brought to you by TwoStrongCoffee.com slash TYT. TwoStrongCoffee.com slash TYT, best coffee in the world. Just indisputably amazing taste. Oh, look at that, Ben's got one too. No, it's a, it was a candle, actually, but whatever. It's a candle. Okay. Oh well, close enough. We're also getting into the candle business soon, so check out Too Strong Candle. No, I'm kidding. Just TooStrongCoffee.com slash TWD. Okay. Uh, so uh, topics today: uh, Turks uh, versus sharks. Who's stronger? Uh, we're going to handle that one fairly quickly, um, and then. Uh, is it possibly for uh, to be friends with Republicans anymore? Because there's a story out about a Republican Senate candidate and how his best man at his wedding has turned on him, uh, and 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 then he turned on him. It is quite the soap opera. You'll enjoy slash load the soap opera. Uh, but guys, uh, we're gonna start with sharks versus Turks. Is this anything this? like sharks versus jets? Because I you know I can sing a little bit if that would that would help. Yeah, it's actually nothing like that. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> yeah, not even close. Uh, uh, a little bit more like Jaws, but a little role reversal as you're going to see in a well, second. I'm curious what David would have sung. <laughs> well, not what, as fair. what number were you, you going to? You have a favorite from West Side Story? I take requests. Well, I mean, I, I think you don't. I don't. I, when somebody brings up West Side Story, I'm never going to pass up an opportunity to say "cruck you." Um, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, 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 and I said it wrong, by the way, Krupp you, of course, but uh, hey, Officer Krupke, Krupp you. Um, that was bold, uh, that was bold stuff. Uh, Jenk, I'm gonna guess, never seen West Side Story. No, you're, in, well, you're partially correct. Okay, <laughs> so so here's what happened, and that's a nice twist. And then we'll get to the Sharks and Turks oil wrestling. Um, so uh, almost literally. Um, so I had never seen West Side Story, so you were well on your way to being uh, correct, Ben, and, and knowing me really well, until about uh, two months ago or so, and there was a remake of West Side Story, and uh, I guess it was a remake. Um, anyways, we started watching it, uh, and it was, and I figured like it's a classic, and maybe this is the kind of thing you could watch with the kids. And you know, sometimes they love the music. Like, for example, we're my family loved Greatest Showman on Earth. Okay, can't Great. get enough just, of it. Just by the way, like you guessed, there was a remake of West Side Story. Yeah, there was a remake of West Side Stories by Steven Spielberg, and <laughs> uh, and it's not called The Greatest Showman on Earth. It's called The Greatest Showman. But continue yeah. with the story. Yeah, I, I've only made that mistake three times so far about a movie I claim to love. Mm. Um, and so. Uh, we start West Side Story, and with the same thing that happened with Hamilton happened with West Side Story, where all four of us, me, my wife, and the two kids who are now at the time are 11 and 9, we looked at each other, and we're all agreed. We're all agreed. <laughs> yeah, can't take this anymore. <laughs> and we were done in half an hour. I don't know if we made it longer into West Side Story or Hamilton. Yeah. Um, well, you missed the you missed the happy ending. So um. <laughs> I've missed a lot of happy endings, <laughs> but anyways. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's too awkward. It's too like unbearable. Um, so in Hamilton, we were like, are they ever going to stop singing? Because we can live with musicals, but as long as there's like dialogue in between, the nonstop singing was exhausting. We were all like. 
They got a breath. Well, there was there's a lot there's a lot more talking in West Side Story, a lot yeah. a lot than there is in Hamilton. Yeah, and West Side Story I think in some ways is more accessible. I agree. Then, yeah, again, totally. maybe it's because it's required reading and watching when you're in junior high school, um, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I had the same. I didn't see Hamilton on the stage, and obviously it's a different experience on the stage. But it did not. I I did not. I was not mesmerized by it on the screen in my living room at all. But that's different. That was a that that's really just a filmed play, right? That's not yeah. not the same. West Side Story is a movie. There's no way around that. It's just a it's a yeah. it's a it's a musical. Um, I thought the remake was great. I think the original is great. And for some people, uh, you know, it's uh, it's transformative. I mean, there I've met a lot of really t- Ava DuVernay, for example, is her favorite movie. You know, I mean, like you know, yeah. I mean, it just yeah. did, yeah. But that's the original, I'm not, be a not super the remake. Bad Although I think the remake was really good. Yeah, I'm gonna be a super bad guy and say that if someone tells me that West Side Story was their favorite movie, I'm gonna judge a little bit. Like, no, you're making, I hear you, and, and you know there are times when I when musicals, by the very thing you're talking about, and I'm not really allowed to say this, but it's, I mean, you either, you either are really into them or you aren't, and it doesn't. But I I obviously appreciate them, and I appreciate moments in a lot of them, but uh, but you can't judge somebody who loves a movie like West Side Story because it literally, I mean, it's just, I mean, it is it is a love story and it's unbelievably tragic and it, you know, it's reimagining Shakespeare in 1962 right. New York City, 1961 New York City. It was pretty, it's pretty fabulous. And it's and the and the numbers are so great. I mean, you can't deny their greatness. The only reason that I can see, the only criticism I have of it is it doesn't quite do for me what non-musicals do. Right, that the the amazing impact that a that a movie that matters to you can have, and musicals, general musicals have a much higher bar to to cross for them to speak to me emotionally. But you can't judge somebody who loves West Side Story. That's that's insane. Well, yeah. given that you opened the door, Ben, what's what's your favorite musical? My favorite musical uh, it comes and goes. I I but I do. Love, uh, I deeply love uh, Royal Wedding, um, but really for one number. So, you know, uh, uh, is that uh, Bollywood? How do you believe? How do you believe me when I told you that? When I told you that I love you, when you know I've been a liar all my life. Like it's got the longest title and it's super fun. Uh, I love South South Pacific, um, but because of a couple of numbers. You know, there it's uh, there in general. I am one of those people who, at some point during a musical, will inevitably think ah, this scene would be better if they just talked. Like, yeah, just, no, yeah. So um, look, first of all, uh, you're wrong again, Ben. Uh, I can <laughs> and and I do judge people who like musicals. Uh, and then, but then think, is there a single musical that you would you would tolerate or respect or or be able to sit through? So that, a great question, David, and that does lead to. My anger at Les Mis, uh, yeah. Wicked, and uh, Greatest Showman in the Universe. Uh, <laughs> the world's greatest showman in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> For taking my ability away to say I don't like musicals. <laughs> uh, because that was a really solid rule, and it's a rule I probably should have stuck with, right? But now I like three musicals, that's a lot. And you know, you throw so, in my- So you, like, you like the remake of Les Mis? The Russell Crowe movie, Anne Hathaway movie, and and you're judging people like West Side Story. That's just bat. 
insane. And I, I, I realized I've just broken a rule, but that's that's a mistake. That's a colossal, colossal mistake. No, uh, wrong again. So no. uh, I don't no. look, look, I'll half agree, half agree. So the, the I don't judge the movies. Well, I can't judge West Side Story because I didn't make it. I just, I, I'm one of the, I, so there's theoretically the sharks versus the jets. I suppose I didn't even get to that part where they were named, uh, but like my guess is no one dies. Uh, and uh, wrong, wrong again, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, oh well. Okay. Uh, once again, it's based on like a good old Romeo and Juliet. Old yeah, you familiar with Romeo and Juliet? Oh yeah, well that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay, Romeo and Juliet, the original Game of Thrones. Uh, so, uh, so that's fair. Usually, like, there's all these fake gang fighting, and like, the gangs don't dance; they just don't. And so, and and so, to me, the two problems with musicals are anything where you look into another person's face and start singing is sure. just wrong. I'm out. It's not for me; it's for other people. Like, if somebody looks at you, used to be like, "What do I do with a problem like Maria?" You're like, "No, no, no, <laughs> nope, okay." Not interested. Although now I'm at five, I like sound of music. So all yeah, of a so, sudden, so but there's the thing. So let me let me. I don't know. Nobody cares what your point was going to be in the end anyway. You had time to get there and you didn't make it. Um, the uh, so sound of music basically does what uh, what you probably are more likely to allow, and what I like. What Chicago did, Rob Marshall's uh, film. Uh, what uh, Cabaret does, which is that the musical numbers are in the context of like, you know, in the context of what ought to be a musical number, you are literally seeing people perform what the audience acknowledges, what the audience in the movie acknowledges is a number on a stage, right? So yeah. even for, even for, uh, you know, in, even in the sound of music to have Julie Andrews singing at the beginning of it, she's like alone. Right by herself, and she's singing because she's got a great voice and she's happy. So, and and the rest of the numbers are done in front of an audience because the family sings. So, that is not the same as somebody suddenly breaking in, uh, uh, breaking into song while yeah. in, while in somebody's face, and that that is a significant difference. For so, me, and asking so asking I, for I a friend here, what I love asking to. just for a friend here. If somebody say, I don't know, really liked ABBA. And uh, they said that they liked the musical Mamma Mia. Would that be insane? And you're again asking for a friend. No, uh, so, uh, you you probably missed it in my uh, uninteresting uh, ode to uh, musicals I actually do like. But that came in number four for me. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, so I, I I would be your friend. Um, so <laughs> which now forces me to do an old school rule on what musicals I like and don't like. Because now, if we're being honest, we're nearly at 50-50. Like I like half of them and didn't like half of them. Um, so part of what annoys me about musicals, is particularly in movies, is I like movies that are realistic. And so that's why, um, like some of the older movies, sorry Ben, uh, and some of the musicals that are less realistic. Well, I mean, musicals by definition are not realistic because all of a sudden people burst into songs, and it's absurd every time. Okay, well, right, unless it's on stage, right? Unless it's unless it's cabaret, right? Unless you're yeah. at a, a movie about a club that where music yeah. is performed, then it's different. Yeah, yeah. So that gets me to my like Ben asked, you know, the about the 
Les Mis movie versus the West Side Story movie. Well, I, I make a little bit of a movie versus the play distinction there because I don't really care about the movie Les Mis. Like I didn't care to like it, I didn't care to dislike it. I like the songs, I wanted them to get to the songs, I like the plot line. So I get that Russell Crowe was just an abominable singer. And, and, and that's coming from a guy who has no ear. I cannot tell at all. I couldn't keep a beat if my life depended on it. And even I was like, no, Russell Crowe's no good. Like <laughs> I get Joaquin Phoenix singing in Walk the Line, being Johnny Cash. I get Val Kilmer in The Doors. There's, uh, oh, you know who was also Bradley Cooper in uh, in A Star Is Born? They all yeah. great uh, at, at, at playing that role and, and singing in the movie. Uh, Russell Crowe is not in that category. Okay. Right, but I, so to, there's just but there's such a tangible difference between a movie like West Side Story and uh, for in the context that we're talking about, Anna Stars Born. I mean, Stars Born is a movie about people who sing, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. So I'm not counting that as a musical. That's why Star right, Born but I, is, is realistic. Right, but I mean, I got you. Right, 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 right. So the right. the but uh, anyway, you you but that said, the West Side Story, the original West Side Story, is this uh, it's a transcendent musical and it's really amazing what they do. I don't, you know, you, you you ready to see a Steven Spielberg movie and a movie that even looks like, like a Steven Spielberg movie. I mean, they're the, even the colors in the original West Side Story, you know, they 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 signal to you that what you're seeing is not realistic, right? I, you know, very very clearly that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that said, I don't I don't feel the way Ava DuVernay and others do about West Side Story, but I'm not going to sit here and tell them that they're. I'm not gonna judge them for being yeah. moved by West Side Story. That's what. Well, the, that's the difference between you and me. Uh, so <laughs> if you know, you, anytime you got gangs going, mm -bop, mm -bop, I'm like, I'm out. I'm oh, out. Oh no! So you have seen it. Okay. You got it right. <laughs> Is that right? That was okay. it. It's my favorite number from West Side Story. The mm -bop <laughs> number. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but uh, but so in, so in the original West Side Story, so. Jack, you like this. One of the things every time I introduce it, I because it's there are these. Again, we're, we're led to believe that these tough gangs, right? These dangerous gangs where violence happens, the sharks and the jets, and they they're wearing windbreakers. Like nothing, nothing says not a real gang more than a windbreaker, right? That is not, yeah. that is not, that is not appropriate gang wear. But oh, uh, only thing that would say it more is penny loafers. Yeah, well, um, there might have you know, been some penny loafers there. Yeah. Um, so, so sound of music. Uh, does it just right, right? So as a, it works as a movie. Uh, it when they start singing, I get it. Oh, she's teaching them about her favorite things, right. and it, it really is a problem with Maria, and and we really <laughs> don't know what to do with it. Okay, so those are fair. That's I I rule sound of music fair. Okay, and and but then you know when I want we watched sound of music recently, then we went to West Side Story, and I realized I don't has everybody picked this up. They have incredibly similar Maria songs, mm. and and they didn't come out that far from one another, right? No, no four years. Yeah, and so I'm like, wait, one of you stole from the other. Which came out first? Uh, the West Side Story came out in night. The play was 1957, I think, and uh, I don't know the Sound of Music. I don't know later, okay. I think, but just some, right. but very close, but very. Very close. I don't really think they just had people named Maria. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I just to show you how biased I am. Um, I I think that the Sound of Music people took the Maria song from uh, West Side Story and they're like, 
we can really make that one a little bit better and then it'll be a really great song. <laughs> and they did. And yeah, those, like, guys, yeah those guys, those guys, those guys who worked on the music in uh, West Side Story, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, those guys were. <laughs> they were. I wish they'd have broken through a little bit, but you know, Sondheim, hey, Bernstein, those guys were amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> what do they know? Such an idiot. <laughs> so, literally the greatest American musical ever made, but whatever. Um, okay. uh, but Game of Thrones, which you loved, right? Because again, I know how you care about realism. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about Starlight Express, where people are able to sing while they're on roller skates going around and around? That's that's oh. pretty amazing. You, yeah. uh, I never watched it, David, and I don't remember it. But on your two and a half second explanation, I'm already out. Yeah, yeah. But that said, <laughs> we all liked. Uh, we, I, I did. I also like Mamma Mia, by the way. I don't. Uh, it was, yeah. you, could, you can't help it. It was just fun. It was just yeah. It's just fun. Well, and Meryl Streep can't be in a movie that is uh, that is all with bad. Pierce Brosnan, right? Pierce yeah, couldn't say. Like Pierce Brosnan and Stellan Sarsgaard, and it was uh, yeah. There's a uh, and uh, you know and uh, Colin uh, Colin Firth and Amanda Seyfried. It was good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I ran into Amanda Amanda Seyfried at an In and Out in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a long time ago, and uh, and I said to her, "Oh, I watch you in uh, was it what big something, Big Love, the one that was on HBO about the Mormon family, right? That wasn't her. Oh, that wasn't her. No, I mean it was Chloe Sevigny. Was she in it too? Maybe she was in it, but it was Chloe. No, Sevigny. no, she, she's in it. She's like oh, the she's youngest good. wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Unless I'm getting the wrong actress, but whoever that actress is, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And." Um, and uh, I said, oh, I, I, I really like you in that. I, I watched that and I thought you were great. And uh, and she said, you know, I'm in a lot bigger movies. And I was like, <laughs> um, no, I didn't know that. And I didn't know that it was my obligation to know that. In that case, make it a large fry. <laughs> <laughs> or as Ben's friends would say, a big soda. So, uh, I, you know, people always say like, oh, I, I met a star. Oh, they were so nice. People always say that, right? And in most of the stars that I've met, they're, they're relatively nice, um, but not all. <laughs> that was a weird, weird thing to say that she, she did. She seemed genuinely offended that that's the one that I watched of all of her work. Uh, and and the other star that I've met that wasn't overly nice was Alec Baldwin. Um, so he's, it is he's what it not- is. Known for being a particularly nice guy, anyway, right? I mean, Alec Baldwin's kind of a. I like yeah. Alec. Um, the uh, he always uh, like personally. He, like was nice. he, was, he was. He was nice. Um, he was nice to us um, at the football. Isn't yeah, that where we met him. Yeah, yeah. There's two different places I met him, and it was wildly different. My feelings about Alec Baldwin are very similar to my feelings about musicals. Um, I'm right at 50-50, because one time we ran into him at the park uh, while playing football, like maybe 15 years ago or something uh, in the in the valley. Yeah, and uh, and he was just jogging around the park and I said, hey, you see that guy that looks 80? That's Alec Baldwin. And I remember Steve-O being like, no, it's not, get your eyes fixed, man. That, is, that guy's old, that guy's got gray hair, I'm not Alec Baldwin, right? And he's jogging at about one mile an hour. Uh, and uh, and I'm like, no, I, I, if there's anything that I'm good at, it's spotting celebrities. I will spot a celebrity through by uh, just looking at the back of their heads. It got two to at the mall uh, just yesterday. Um, well, two and a half. Um, so 
anyways, uh, yeah, it turns out, of course, it was Alec Baldwin. And he, he, he was, I don't remember him jogging. I remember him watching us. He stood and watched for a long time. Yeah, no, I don't remember that part, but I'm positive he was jogging in the beginning. He had a hat on uh, and, and he was jogging it because I remember how slow it was. I'm like, that is the slowest jogger I've ever seen. Oh my God, it's Alec Baldwin. And that's how it was. And so, uh, so, but he was super nice there. He was like, hey guys, you mind if, I think unsolicited, he said, you guys mind if we throw the ball around a little bit? I think after we were done with the game, and uh, and he has a go. Oh, he had a can. He had a cannon. Can like yeah. nearly he was like just did a little down and out. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It was like it was like he was an all star in the CFL. Like or you know like some league. Like okay, he didn't make the NFL, but that dude has like a professional arm, and he was great totally. that day. Yeah, he was wonderful that day. Uh, then I ran into him at a, a some sort of award ceremony, uh, ceremony for people for the American way, and I love people for the American way. I love Norman Lear, uh, now Ben Jealous is the head of it, a really good ally of ours. Uh, and I was like, oh, Alec, blah, blah, blah. we talked a little bit, and he's like, he's just the, like the rudest, like most uninterested person I've ever met in my life, with the possible exception of Keith Overman. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to. I've opened up a lot of can of worms here, but anyways. Ben has had a good uh, relationship with him. Hey, we'll call that two out of three and we'll move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so God bless. Um, Could have been maybe like time and place because I've heard like wonderful things about Peter Dinklage, but um, I went to the governor's ball after one of the Emmys, I don't know, 10 years ago. And uh, Peter Dinklage was sitting in a chair and women kept coming over and asking him questions and he would have to literally. Well, you'd have to stand in the chair in order to be at their height. Um, and he made it very clear to those of us who were sort of waiting to say hello that he was not gonna have any conversation with us whatsoever. And I was like, oh, I can't blame the guy. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sort of just, uh, I don't, uh, I, I'm just sympathetic to, like we just need more evidence. I mean, I got it. There's a lot of Alec Baldwin, right? Of uh, uh, because he's been so sort of public and he, uh, but uh, first of all, he, uh, I mean, since we're, whatever, he was unbelievably kind to me when my father died. And that goes obviously a tremendously long way. Um, and uh, and I don't know, he seems always to me to be uh, genuine, right? And I got it, a lot of people can be nice at a party and I suppose you should be. But it's tough, man, where everybody is sort of judging your every move and presuming that they can enter into a conversation with you. And some people can handle it better and some can't. And then people go on shows and start talking about how they were a jerk. And I don't know, he's complicated. We've had two good run-ins. We had a good run-in with him and one where he didn't want to talk to you. So like, I don't know, somehow I I, I, I like that I don't see a falseness in in Alec. And again, he's he was really, uh, you know, on a couple of occasions, uh, uh, decent, uh, really decent to me. And I've seen him interact with other, you know, well, I got it. I, I, but he's, and he's a really good actor, man. I mean, yeah, you yeah. Know, seeing him on 30 Rock was like, cause you didn't know then how funny the guy was, right? And yeah. then you realize, wow, this guy is, and the story is about 30 Rock, by the way, is that, you know, the NBC said yes to Tina Fey, but only on the condition that she get Alec to agree to play Jack Donaghy. And so, that, no. that green lit the show, yeah. Okay, so your defense of Alec Baldwin is infinitely better than your defense of West Side Story. Um, so, uh, look, well, I Alec Baldwin doesn't inexplicably break into song. 
Um, so. Yeah, well, that's another huge <laughs> upside for Alec Baldwin. Uh, no, I'll give you three different things there, and then and I, you have now officially changed my stance on Alec Baldwin. How's that? That's pretty dramatic. Okay. All right, I'll take so, it. I'll take it. Yeah. So number one, uh, you know me, I like anything that's genuine, and you're right. Even when he's, you know, not being the nicest person, at least he's being honest, right? So right. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that more than somebody who's being fake. So that's that's a really good defense. The fact that he was really great after you to you. Uh, after your dad died, I mean, for me, that's huge. So he gets yeah, and it's not like we're like I mean, we're Alec Baldwin and I are uh, at best uh, moderately acquainted. Like I don't, he's not, we're not buddies. We don't hang out. We've never had a meal together or anything. We've had, but he's you know he'd been involved with TCM, so there were some overlapping uh, conversations at times. Seeing him at the festival, he was always nice. But that was he didn't have to send. I mean, he wrote a note. He sent a letter. It was just really nice. It was just no, no, know, that's great to yeah, hear. That's yeah, actually wonderful. Yeah. And then lastly, um, ironically, I'll say I was on Alec Baldwin before anyone else. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the MSNBC show, that one? Uh, so no, seriously, like Alec Baldwin for a long time was considered like a good actor, right? And and I was like, no, he's a great actor. Yeah, no, we, 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 it's one of the many things, you know, Jenk and I, when we became friends in like 1999, when we started working together at the same place and we discovered very quickly that we like agreed on like everything. Like so, so weird that we didn't. Like we down to agree, we like everything that we thought was important was the same thing. We agreed, and one of the, and it was stuff like that. Like you know, he's a great actor, and Jenk would go, Alec Baldwin. Like, yes, he's a great actor. Nobody thinks he is, right? Um, <laughs> uh, it did. We, you, you uh, it took a while for the world to catch on, but uh, I'm with you. He's uh, he's always been great. Well, you remember uh, we loved. Uh, we talked about because I think it came out before we our friendship started, but we we both loved Malice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, no. Look, so uh, I just watched uh, Thor, the new Mar uh, MCU movie, and uh, and there's a character called the God Butcher, which is an awesome name for a character, and and Christian Bale plays him. Uh, I love Christian Bale as an actor. Another guy who people say I've never met him. People say not so great in person. Okay, but a terrific actor. Uh, and then uh, Russell Crowe's in that movie. And Russell Crowe got the role of Zeus, but the problem is it's like fat retired Zeus, right? Mm -hmm, sure. And Russell Crowe's gotta be thinking, I remember the days I used to be the God Butcher. <laughs> okay, now I'm fat Zeus, God damn it. Anyway, they're both terrific, they're great actors, uh, et cetera. Anyways, uh, on, uh, on Alec Baldwin, he's the scene butcher. Yeah, he just destroys every scene. And it's almost unfair to the other uh, actors. And and even in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, where there was a world of amazing actors, um, where everybody's a home run hitter, right? That's Murderer's Row. Uh, if you like acting, you gotta watch Glen, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. And I'm not sure that I even love the movie overall, but I love the acting so much uh, that, that, it's, that it's so memorable. But even among those guys, Baldwin stood out. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. He, he, yeah, no, he crushed that. But Malice is the movie where he said, you know, you asked me to have a God complex. I am God. It's just that yeah. it was chilling. It's a really, you know, it's good writing. But uh, yeah, and then I, I loved in the, he made me laugh so hard in The Departed. 
when you know they're back and they're listening into the conversation. He's like, can you get closer on that? He's like, yeah, we got mics or whatever. And he just starts like massaging the text back. This is in my memory. And he's like, I love the Patriot Act. You know? Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Every uh, every movie he's in has an Alec Baldwin line. Like, was it The Edge, the one with the movie with oh, Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, exactly. That's what we both love too. The Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Oh my God, it's the best. Yeah, when he said Anthony Hopkins tells of the Native American boys who used to slap a bear in the ass and run away, and Baldwin listens to him. It looks like it sounds like a good story, and then Baldwin listens to him, listens to him, and then goes, "Yes." But what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> For all of his great acting. Fair or not, I mean, most Americans are going to remember him for this horrible accident in which he shot yeah. a woman on the set. Um, does, yeah, that, sure. does your knowledge of him, Ben, and your thoughts of him, Jang, change how you view that situation and what his culpability or responsibility might have been? No, no, because I mean, uh, I, it, it, it might when uh, all the facts are in, right? But I mean, I haven't, you know, I, I read a bunch when it happened because it was such, you know, I care about the industry so much and it was such a shocking, awful, terrible story. But I mean, mostly at this point, my initial thought was what a terrible, you know, what a horrible thing to have happened to him also, right? I mean, obviously far worse uh, uh, for the victim, but you know, I, I presume it was, you know, I'm, I still believe that it was a likely, a, from his point of view at least, there may have been negligence among others, but it was a terrible, terrible accident. So no, I mean, I, mean, I, I suppose the, the facts could come out and I, I, I were certainly capable of changing my mind on that. Yeah, no, I would be shocked if, uh, that changed my mind on anything uh, because the minute that story broke, I thought the person who's least likely to be culpable is Alec Baldwin. Now, why do I think that? As I when I started this, you know that my bias was slightly against Alec Baldwin on a personal level, right? Um, I, oh, wait. Anyways, uh, because no one who knows the gun is loaded on camera is going to point it at someone and pull the trigger. Right. I thought if there's one suspect I could eliminate, it's Alec Baldwin. Right. There, there's no way he did that if he knew it was loaded. Even if he was the worst guy in the world, there's no way he would do that. You're on camera pointing a gun at someone and then pulling the trigger. Of course he didn't do that. Right, so yeah, that doesn't affect me at all. I think that was a horrible, horrible tragedy. And however that gun got loaded is obviously the critical part and is beyond unacceptable. But uh, but I think very, very likely Alec Baldwin is also a victim in that story. Um, so super last Alec Baldwin story, I didn't know I had this many Alec Baldwin stories. Um, when uh, I was quitting my law firm after having worked there for seven months uh, and starting my career in uh, in uh, in the talk show world, such as it was, and at the time I was just doing public access, uh, I, I told a couple of the partners in the firm that I'm leaving, and they said, oh, "Good luck." And then, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'm going to do my public access show, and they're like, "Okay, like really, really, I hope you have the best luck." <laughs> that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For a second, I thought you said you were leaving the law firm to do a public access television show. I'm sorry. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I had a good salary. I had a really nice office. They liked me. I did good work. And and obviously, public access doesn't pay anything. And it was, but at least in terms of respect, it's at the very bottom. Um, so, uh, 
And one of the partners that I didn't work with that much is, oh, Chang I want to tell you a story about a kid like you just walked into my office like 30 years ago or something like that, just like this, okay? It was amazing. And he said, he was really good. He was a paralegal for me. And he was great. He was really good at his job. And he said that he was going to pack his bags and and him and his brothers were going to head out to Hollywood. Okay, so you can see where this is going. And he said that was Alec Baldwin. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, maybe you'll go two for two. And here I am crapping all over Alec Baldwin, okay? When we have that bond, that bond of that long lost partner that neither one of us remembers. Um, so anyways, last thing on all of this, uh, David, what percentage of musicals that you have watched have you enjoyed? Wow, <clears throat> um, I'd say about half. Um, oh, so you're right there with me. I'm right there. I look, for example, I had friends who said, was it the Book of Mormon? Uh, it's the best musical ever. It's great. I hated it. I thought it was stupid. Uh, Jersey Boys. Did you Boys. see it on? Oh, it's great. It's great. I, it love Jersey Boys. I hated Jersey Boys. Um, I, you know, so it, yeah, I'm not into like the jumping around um, kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I'd say half you look, some of them. The reason I brought up Starlight Express, and this was probably the first musical I saw on stage, and this goes back now almost you know 35 years, is because uh, I had a friend who was in it, and she didn't know how to roller skate until she learned it for this musical, and it was so amazing to see people sort of skating around, and it was you know it was a good story, and and but you know I thought it was so impressive on both like a musicality and also the physicality of performance and being on stage. And so I was mesmerized by it. And I think if a musical can mesmerize me, not just because of the music, but either because of the acting or there's something about it that really jumps out uh, as something really special on stage should, then in that case, okay, I'm into it. Now that we've resolved musicals uh, and since Ben is maybe slightly above 50-50, we'll call it 55-45 for the group. Officially, no, I, again, I, I don't, I don't care about what anybody's percentage is of a different musical. I like hearing what David liked and didn't like, but I mean, you obviously some musicals you like, some musicals you don't like. You can't just automatically like a musical. It might not be a good movie, and obviously there's a big difference. I'm talking about movies, not not stage shows. I'm just saying there is no defense for judging people who like the original West Side Story. It's just <laughs> it's indefensible. So there. Well, that's, look, I will say that I think. Which I by think, the way, which by the way, you haven't seen. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> You've moved me on Alec Baldwin. You have not moved me on West Side Story. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, some of us, look, I may, I may only like 50% of musicals. I may only like, you know, 30% of movies, but I like to go to the movies. And so if I go to the movies and two out of three are, eh, that was kind of a waste of time. But there's something about going to the movies that I really like. So for yeah. me, it's sort of the experience, not so much, oh, did I really like that particular musical? No, I like going to the theater. I like seeing music, I like seeing stage performances, and sometimes sometimes it's great and sometimes it stinks. That's right. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. When If you notice in the two that we turned off, we were at home, right? With West Side Story remake and Hamilton, it's easy to turn it off. Uh, when you're in the movie theater, it's different, right? Uh, and I've, huh, that's interesting. I've only walked out of two things to the best of my recollection. One was a, a movie, uh, and of all things, it was a Will Ferrell movie, and I love Will Ferrell. Uh, the basketball movie that he made was just horrible. Oh, the ABA movie, what was that called? Yeah, I, I don't remember, but like I tried, I tried 45 minutes in, I'm like, 
no, I I can't bear it anymore. I can't bear it. And um, and I and then I realized now. Wait, as we were talking, I'm like, wait, there was this great moment with my brother-in-law. So uh, Cats is a musical that was, of course, legendary and talked about forever and ever because it ran forever and ever. So every Turk that came into into uh, town from like 1980s to 1990s, whatever that period of time would go and see cats. They like they would go to the mall to go shopping and they would go see cats. Those are two things you had to do if you were in America, visiting America. And I remember my great uncle was obsessed with hats. We got a lot of hats for him when we went shopping. And then of course you gotta go to cats. And so my brother-in-law's like, all right, I gotta go to cats and and everybody else had seen it and except me and he's like, Cheng, you wanna go? And I was like, everybody I know has gone to cats. So I, yeah, sure, I guess, right? And uh, and we go and we're in t- really tight seats and he's large and I'm large. Uh, and it's and then they start singing nonsensical songs about perhaps cats. I don't even know what they were singing about. I didn't even understand half the words. They made up words about cats that I don't think are in the English language. And uh, and then at, at intermission, my brother-in-law did uh, my favorite thing of his in my entire life. He looked at me and said, you want to get out of here? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you would let me leave? Like you're because he's more of a like in my mind more of a grown up, right? And he's like, yeah, I can't wait to leave. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, you want to go get some ribs? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So um, my favorite movie, uh, moment at a musical was leaving it. Yeah, my my wife and I have uh, uh, thrice uh, gone to a place here in L.A. and uh, <laughs> we always leave it at intermission. It's just we've yet to not leave, um, and it's always like because we go and have a drink, you know, we're like out there at intermission, and I'm like, it's eight thirty, and <laughs> we're both hungry, and we're usually in Pasadena. That's pie and burger. I'm like, you know. And she's almost like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Best thing I yeah, yeah it's this great thing to hear about Lee. A lot of wonderful qualities, but that's that's near the top. Okay. Yeah, I think we're I'm pretty sure we're we're three for three. We we did sit through but we saw the Book of Mormon um on stage, which had been so hyped by then, and we saw it out here at the Wiltern Theater. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I liked it. I like the music from it, it's clever, but you know, it's really you gotta have good seats for that kind of thing. We were so far in the back because you gotta see the faces. So hard, you don't really, uh, to me, if you don't see their faces. So, so that I did. I had a. It was we may should, we maybe we did leave at intermission. Uh, I don't even know, but it was not. Well, I, I once I once had a movie that um, I think my brothers and I wanted to leave at, um, and then but then just because it was so uncomfortable, and that was our mom when when I was 17 years old heard that this there was this great movie called Risky Business. I oh, knew you were going to say Risky Business, I and she it. said. I gotta take you boys to see this movie. Let's all go to the movies. So, okay, we go with our mom and my younger brother who loved to sort of stick it to my mom, you know, during the sex scenes, he's like, yes, mom, yes. And um, my older brother and I are just like dying in our seats. And I think my mom was was mortified. And she was like, I can't believe this is the movie that I was told to take you guys to. And it was yeah. um, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Princeton, Princeton could use a guy like Joel. So I, I just wanna tell, Two very quick. I've told them before, but it's been many years. Uh, mom movie stories because David says okay. that's a good one. Watching Risky Business, with your mom. So, so in 19, I guess 81, is it 80 or 81? Officer and a gentleman, and 
where it's a we're on a two week vacation in East Hampton in the summer. These uh, old friends gave us their house, and but they were like there, so maybe we were staying in the other rooms of their house. Anyway, we go to a movie, and it's my mom, it's my mom and dad, uh, and they're sitting about five rows in front of me, my cousin who I idolize, and Sally Rogan, who I had a huge crush on. She pretty and she had great hair. I'm 14, I think she's 15. And my cousin Nick is 16. And so she's obviously, I don't know if she's interested in him. I have no idea, but she's paying more attention to Nick. And I, I but I still am near Sally and it feels good just to be in her presence. And like, I can kind of smell her hair, even though, you know, and what then, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, so my mom comes up at some point during the movie. It's a pretty full theater. It's not packed because she so she can get herself down the aisle and directly in front of us, right? So she comes up um, during the movie because it's a movie and there's no you know intermission. And she says she puts her hands on the seat, so she's her back is to the theater, to the screen, and she is in front of the three of us: this girl who I like, my cousin who I idolize, and me. And she goes. I don't have any interest in seeing Deborah Winger astride Richard Gere. <laughs> um, so your father and I are going to leave. Uh, would you guys like to come, or do you want to wait till do you want to come home after the movie? And you could walk after the movie, or well, come and get us, whatever it was. And I mean, it was the dumbest question ever asked, right? Like, oh no, yeah, I'm going to get out of the movie and go home with my mom and dad right now because <laughs> Deborah Winger was astride Richard Gere. And I remember, I'm 14, I got no idea what the word astride meant, but right then I was like, oh, I know what it means. Right now I got it, right? Um, <laughs> thanks for thanks for telling me what that meant. So that was one, that was just mortifying, right? You just shrink oh. down and Sally and my cousin Nick are laughing at my mom as they should have. And then uh, we, uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we go to Florida to see my mom. My brother Josh comes, and and my girlfriend Jenny and I and my mom are in Florida, and we go see the American remake of La Femme Nikita with Bridget Fonda, which is called what was it called? Point of No Return, right? And there's a scene in the movie where uh, it was in the French version, and they repeated it in the American version. I think Gabriel Byrne is the I don't think she did this to Gabriel Byrne. She did it to an underling of Gabriel Byrne, Bridget Fonda, where she uh, he puts his hand on the table like to tell her to sign something or to tell her, keep her from taking a paper away. And she grabs a pencil out of his little pencil jar like this and stabs him in the hand with the pencil, right? Which is on the table. She goes into his hand. He's like, ah, it's a great scene, right? Because she's a wild child. She's nuts. My mom is on the aisle right next to me. Is the blood spurts out of his hand up out of the theater? She leaves, right? <laughs> we all laugh. She leaves, right? We're grown ups at this point. We're all in 20s. My brother's in his 30s. And uh, and then after like we're done laughing, like seven or eight minutes later, uh, I I go, I think I should go get her. And I go down, and she's smoking in the lobby, right? Uh, of the theater in Florida. And I go, come on, mom, come, come back in. She's like, I don't think I need to see that kind of violence. She stabbed the man in the hand with a pencil for what? He was just doing his job. I'm like, Okay, I got it, mom. <laughs> Let's go watch the movie. She comes back in. She sits down, and almost immediately, like within five seconds, her sitting down, uh, Bridget Fonda says something like, "Why don't I just turn around, spread my cheeks, and you can just lick my..." Right, the line is that graphic, and my mom's like, she just came in. She sits down. She hears that. Boom, she's up. 
and gone again. <laughs> that's the that's the end of that. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, we I didn't go back and get her that time. I just sort of let her go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's just tons of stories that come out of that. Uh, editors note: We still haven't gotten the Sharks versus Turks, let alone. Uh, whether you can be friends with Republicans and the best man story. Uh, but okay, so first of all, uh, my dad is the king of this stuff of of like awkward moments when you're watching things with him. Uh, like uh, watching leaving Las Vegas with him. Mm. Oh yeah, from the Nick yeah. Cage movie that Oops, steps. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough movie yeah, to begin Elizabeth, with. Elizabeth Shue. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Great Elizabeth Shue. And throughout the movie, my dad is like, what is this? <laughs> Why, why he does that? That is that. That's uh, I don't understand. This is no. It is, it is. And then like wait five seven minutes. He then looks around the room. He goes, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's been of course moments where I was a kid and watched the movie and there's a scene and oh my god with Turkish parents. Oh, mortifying. Yeah, of course. Mortifying. Like we just can't. Everybody wants to leave the room at the same time, but we can't leave. It's just, uh, it's a mess. Um, but in real business, I have two stories on. Uh, one is that uh, risky business cost uh, caused me uh, to watch Mr. Mom twice, because um, I had already seen Mr. Mom, and then Dope and I had to sneak into risky business, even though we knew it was rated R. And uh, we got caught. And when we got, I mean, who gets caught at like, the lowest fence possible? Yeah, who's who's, right, who's, who's enforcing this rule? Like, who's who's right? Who cares? Like, who's yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, that that ticket vendor in in East Brunswick, New Jersey, back in 1984 or whatever it was. Uh, and and then we asked the. The adults behind us, can you pretend to be our parents? And they're like, no. Uh, <laughs> and so we're like, uh, we're like, oh yeah, do we, we we're going to see Mr. Mom. <laughs> so we had we Mr. we thought Mom. we had we bought the tickets and we went in and we're like, well, we bought the tickets, so we got popcorn and we watched Mr. Mom again. Nothing wrong with Mr. Mom. Nothing at all wrong with Mr. Mom. Yeah. Very solid. And maybe it worked out for us because there's a story that came out within the school that one of the nerds, so one of my people, uh, had gone to see Risky Business with a couple of friends. And that he had to come full circle, if you will, that he had reached a happy ending uh, in his pants. Okay. Now, without, like, he didn't touch anything. It just, he was so excited about the stride business. Okay. In that context, that that apparently he came to a conclusion, uh, and the whole school was a buzz about it. Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that poor some bitch man, Jesus!" And he wasn't even the guy we called Splugey. Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I love. That's a great story. I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, did he make it through school without being like bullied mercilessly or? Is is he still known as Mr. Whatever? No, no, he was. You know, looking back on it, it was surprising how unscathed he was because he was kind of a, a ghost in the school. He was a nerd, but he wasn't really part of the nerds, and he and he really wasn't part of any other group. 
So his anonymity kind of saved him. The fact that he wasn't in any established group let him kind of melt away as opposed to Sploogy who had had a very rough go of it in high school. Yeah, and I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, I mean, the bullying already has already happened because of what you just called him. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I mean, to, to give you a sense of how, how naive I was as a kid, I didn't know what that meant. Mm. And I called him that throughout high school because I thought that was his nickname. I thought it was like, hey, Big Buster or, <laughs> you know, or whatever, like T Bone or something, right? And, and like in my senior year or something, somebody explained to me what it was and why he was called that. And then I was like, oh no. And I was like, oh, I've been calling that poor son bitch that name the whole time. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Um, so all right, guys, sorry, we, we pulled an old school on you and we went on and on. <laughs> I never got to the topics. That is classical school if you're no too new Only to we'd stopped four minutes earlier. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, okay. That's what Mr. Sloji said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. So, but lucky for you guys, uh, we're going to do a whole nother episode right now. Okay. That, but that's just for the members. That's that's the only, it's one of the few things in the TYT network that is just exclusively for members. So, tyt.com slash join. Or hit the join button below if you're watching on YouTube. I'll tell the Spoogey story real quick, make Ben uncomfortable again, uh, in case why you know want to know why he was called that. I'll, since Sharks versus Turks is definitely coming. Cursing's allowed, even though Ben did it twice in this episode, but cursing's actually allowed in the next episode. And then finally, uh, the crazy story of um, of a Republican candidate and his best man. Uh, all that in the members only. TYT.com slash join. We'll see you there.